today I want to focus on three of those songs. And the first song is this, the song of Jesus. Now, I'm quite aware, I've read the Bible a lot of times through, I'm quite aware that it doesn't record in the Bible that Jesus sang any songs at his birth, him being a baby and all. I realize that, okay? But I have this song that I just love. I absolutely love it. And every time I hear it, I can't help but think that if Jesus could have sang at his birth, he would have sang this song. So I want you to listen to this song. But don't just listen to how good the singers are because they're two of the best singers on the planet. Soak this song in. Even close your eyes if you want to. And just let Jesus sing this song to you. Can we go ahead and play this little video? Thank you. Please, take it over. song as far as date and life is concerned and uh, I'll leave it at that and this is one of my favorites we can turn it up a little louder
because when you see me in heaven, I will sing just like Brian McKnight, okay? You can come over and listen to my singing in heaven. It's going to be great. I love that song because the message of that song is, I'm here for you even in the toughest of times. I believe that's exactly what Jesus was announcing to us at his birth. He was saying, I am here. My name's Emmanuel. It means God with you. I'm your bridge over troubled water. So great. All right, the second song I wanted to focus on was the song of Zechariah. Zechariah was an old man, and he was a really good man. And he was married to a woman named Elizabeth, but they had no children. Now, back in this culture, in this day and age, that would have considered, been considered to be a very, very sad thing. People would have considered them to be people whose lives were empty and forgotten by God. But in Luke chapter 1, it's interesting, Zechariah receives a visit from the angel Gabriel. Now, Gabriel wasn't some fat, naked, flying cherub kind of a being, okay? Don't think of him like that. Angel, the angel Gabriel was this spiritual, otherworldly, magnificent being whose sheer majesty would have scared the wits out of anybody. So the first thing he says to Zechariah is, don't be afraid. Because that's the first thing that Gabriel has to say to anybody that he shows up and visits. And then he informs Zechariah that he was going to have a kid, which seemed impossible and absolutely crazy to Zechariah because Zechariah and Elizabeth were way past childbearing years. They were way past that. And if Zechariah would have had the courage to stand up to Gabriel, he probably would have said, thanks a lot, Gabriel. Sure appreciate you picking that emotional scab in my life. We've only been trying to have kids for the last 50 to 60 years now, you big, flying, mean, spiritual thing, you, okay? But then, because he didn't believe Gabriel and the words about the pregnancy, Gabriel said, you're going to spend the next nine months in silence. And you might think, man, this Gabriel character is mean. I used to think that. Not at all. This was actually an extreme kindness done to Zechariah. This was one of the greatest things that ever happened to him. You see, Zechariah thought he had his life all plotted out, all figured out. 
He was just going to gracefully grow old with his wife. He was just going to be a good man, love his wife, love the people around him, and then kind of fade off into the sunset. He wasn't thinking, hey, maybe I'm going to have a kid. He wasn't thinking, hey, maybe my kid's going to be a prophet. He definitely wasn't thinking, hey, maybe my child's going to play an important role in the Jesus story moving forward on the earth. He wasn't thinking any of those things. But God was. God is always full of surprises like that. So Zechariah spends nine months not being able to talk. So he had plenty of time to listen. He had time to listen to others, including his wife. His marriage probably definitely improved in this nine months, okay? He had time to listen to the stirrings of his child in his wife's womb, and he had time to listen to God. And in the quietness, he got changed. God filled his life with joy and hope. These things percolated inside of him. So when he finally got his voice back, he bursts into song. Of course he would, okay? Because he couldn't contain himself. Sometimes you just got to sing. So he sings about life and God and the future and his kid. He's just beside himself with joy and hope, okay? You can read his song in Luke chapter 1, and I hope you will. But for all of us, there's this important lesson here. Christmas is about being quiet long enough to hear a new story for your life. I'm going to say that again because it's the exact opposite of what we really usually experience during Christmas. Christmas is about being quiet long enough to hear a new story for your life. Maybe your old life was all about addiction. You have some sort of addiction. You can't even imagine your life without it. It's like a demon that haunts you. Maybe your old life was about this cycle of one bad relationship after another, and you're exhausted. Maybe your old life had something to do with sabotaging every blessing that came your way because deep down you don't think you deserve any goodness in your life. Maybe your old life was about fear. Your old story was about fear. You're afraid of everything. Success, failure, change, you name it. Maybe your old story was about covering up who you really are. You've been living a lie for the last few years, and you know it, and the weight of that lie is crushing you. Or maybe your old story was just about boredom. You wake up every morning and you think to yourself, this is it? This is all my life is? This is it? And one day just blends into the next, which is the definition of despair, by the way. This is it? I don't know what your old story is, but I, but I do know this. Most of you are assuming that this year is just going to be more of the same. My old story is just going to continue. And I've got one word for you. Nuh-uh. Which actually might be two words. So I got two words for you this morning. Nuh-uh. Okay? Christmas means saying, God, you are a better storyteller than I am. God, you have a better imagination than I do. So I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to start living out your story for my life, which is far better than my story for my life. And it might even sound crazy to me or impossible like it did for Zachariah. But Christmas is being quiet long enough to see the beauty of what's possible in your life. And that will give you something to sing about, just like it did for Zachariah. And the last song we're going to look at today is the Song of Mary. If you read the story of Christmas, Mary and her fiancé Joseph were Jewish. The Jewish people had been enslaved in Egypt for hundreds and hundreds of years. Moses finally sets them free, only now to have the Romans come marching in and occupy their land and oppress the people. And this probably brought 
questions to the minds of all Jews, including Mary and Joseph, questions that I'll put up on the screen for us. Are you there, God? Do you care, God? And is it always going to be like this, God? Are we always going to have the boot of some oppressor on our neck? Maybe you have the same questions in your life. Are you even there, God? I'm not even sure I'm a believer. Do you care about me? I know you exist, but do you really even care about me? Do you give a rip about my life? And is it always going to be like this? Will my troubles always be like a boot on my neck? Mary gets a visit during this time from Gabriel, the same angel that visited Zechariah. Okay, he was a busy angel during the holidays. And the first thing that Gabriel says to her is, you guessed it, don't be afraid because remember, he's a dude. This is a scary spiritual being. And then he goes on to tell her that her life is about to change dramatically, that the Holy Spirit will come upon her and the shadow, the, the power of the Most High will overshadow her, whatever that means, and she will become pregnant. And she'll give birth to a son, not just any son, but the son of the living God. Now that is a lot of information for probably a teenage unwed girl to take in. She was probably freaked out on the highest level and full of questions, but her response to Gabriel is awesome. She looks at him, has the guts to look at him, and says, may it be unto me according to what you have said. Which is, that's just a fancy way to say, oh, why not me? Why not now? Let's do this thing. She had such courage. And then she burst into song. I'm going to ask Tana Nelson to come forward, my friend Tana. Mary burst into song after talking to Gabriel and saying, let's do this. And her song is magnificent. And it's actually called the Magnificat. And I'm going to have Tana read this, okay, using this mic if you can. And the reason I asked Tana to do this, if you've not met Tana, she's got a whole Mary vibe going on, except for the whole virgin birth thing, okay? So she's got like strength and leadership and courage and guts going on in her life. So she's the perfect one to read this song. Just listen to these words. Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Thank you so much. Can you give Tana a hand? Thank you so much for that, Tana. This is a song, and I encourage you to read it on your own sometime and just kind of meditate on it. This is a song about courage. This is a song about hope. This is a song about tyrants, evil tyrants being toppled from their thrones. It's a song about saying yes to God's revolution of love. And it's a song, I think, about light. December 21st was the winter solstice, which is a remarkable day because for us in Eugene, it's the time of year when the days start to get longer, hallelujah, and you don't have to come home in the dark and leave for work in the dark and live in the dark and get depressed because it's always dark here, okay? That word solstice means the sun stands still. 
because on December 21st and for the two days that follow, the sun seems to kind of stagnate. It's not doing much. But on the third day after solstice, December 24th, this day, the day that we choose to start celebrating Christmas, things change. If you paid attention to the sun with the naked eye like the ancients did, you would realize that the sun is changing and the light is beginning to grow. That preaches, doesn't it? Okay, so Christmas is actually light starting to grow. So remember this truth, that not only is God announcing it to us, but all of creation announces to us. If you find yourself walking into despair and disillusionment and discouragement this year, the moment you step into your deepest, darkest place, do not think that all hope is gone. Do not think that grace and God have left the building. The exact opposite is happening. Because in that moment, that is the very moment when light is starting to grow in your soul. You're experiencing a solstice of the soul. And just ask Mary. That will give you something to sing about. Because that's what she was singing about. Here was this difficult, difficult time in the history of her people. And yet she knew, because of Jesus, light is starting to grow. Let me pray for us. And as I pray, I'm going to call the band forward. Um, We're going to end, of course, with a song today. They've prepared a special song for you as a Christmas gift to us. And you're going to really enjoy this. But let me pray for us. Thank you, God, so much for the songs of Christmas. For a song that reminds us that Jesus is always with us. You are our bridge over even the most troubling of waters, Lord. And thank you for the song of Zechariah, Lord, that encourage us in the busyness of the season to take time to be quiet so we can hear you speak a new story and new possibilities into our life. And thank you, Lord, for the song of Mary, a song about your goodness, about evil being toppled, about hope, And a song that lets us know that even in our deepest, darkest, gloomiest moments, light is beginning to grow. Thank you so much, Lord, for Christmas. Sure. 
Christmas, everyone. We're so glad you're here to be with us this morning. We uh, wish you a happy holidays, and we'll see you again next week for Casual Nerve Sunday, all right?